Welcome to Weebkin Warriors, a short anime recap and discussion podcast. My name is Raven, my pronouns are they and them. And I'm Fantastic, and I use Faith, Fair, and they, them. This episode, we are talking about episodes three and four of Brand New Animal. Um, and these ones are very good. They are. I mean, uh, in, in general, this whole show is just spectacular, but... Uh, there's there are like episodes just sprinkled throughout that are like, oh yeah, this one fucking destroys. It's amazing, and I think episode four in particular does a lot of world building and is very good for that. Yeah. But yeah, we kick it off. We we need to go in order here, so we will talk about episode three titled Rhino Melancholy. We open up this episode with a truck speeding down a highway before it fucking explodes. And that'll be important later, but Michiru, uh, we, we cut over to Shiro using his, uh... Magic nose. Yeah, his magic wolf smell, or sense of smell, to determine that, wow, yeah, Michiru really was human. Uh, he's also looking at her ID. It leads into, like, a little, I almost called it a cutscene. Uh, flashback is what that's called. We see a flashback of Michiru... And we kind of get, like, this rundown that, you know, something fucked up happened to her and turned her into a beast man. Uh, We also see her with, as I'm going to refer to her until we get her name, uh, Michiru's girlfriend. It's subtext and we're turning it into text. Yeah, I mean, as as it does, as it goes with Trigger, it's like writing the line of subtext as hard as you can. Without just explicitly saying they're they're gay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh, we also learn. Oh, I forgot the most important part of this segment. We learn that Michiru is a jock and plays basketball. Yep. Um. But then you know, there's some back and forth between uh Michiru and uh Shiro. Uh. Well, first, uh, Michiru's talking to. Uh, one of the two. Jim? Jim, yeah, his his yeah, name. Yeah, the rooster man. I always forget his name, and I feel bad, but uh, he's yeah. fictional, so I shouldn't feel that bad. But I still do. Uh, but we see him talking to Michiru about the big fucked up Studio Trigger building in the background and learn it's called Silvasta Medical Center. It has a it has a logo which we'll we'll get there, but it has a weird logo that I'm pretty sure is the same logo as like an insurance company or like a stocks company, something like financial related. Uh, I mean, it really does look like a pharmaceutical logo to me. Yeah, it. I'm saying that like there's an actual company with a logo like that. Huh. And I'm ninety nine percent sure it's something financial, but. You know, we'll we'll get there. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, anyway, but Jim was up there crowing because he's a rooster, and I think mm-hmm. that's very fun. But yes, we we learn about uh well, Michiru's locked up in a closet, and then the mayor comes in and starts talking to Chiro about the bombing, uh, says that the truck was carrying supplies from the medical center. Or to the medical center, right? One of the two? One of the two. It doesn't matter which. But it was bombed, and 
Nad, of course, like, Shiro's put on the case because he's got the best nose in all of Anima City. And, uh... <laughs> uh Michiru hears the mayor and starts yelling to try and get out. And, uh... Um, yeah. There's just... There's a couple of great lines here, but I think one of my favorite ones is, like, Michiru, like, turns into a bird and screams really loud, like a couch falls over... And then the mayor is like, what was that? And then Shudo's like, oh, Kuro, that was Kuro. He's getting really good at uh, imitations. And then Kuro just like lands on Shudo's sh- shoulder. And she's like, fucking move all the furniture, you bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's like, huh? I didn't hear anything. There's a door in the way. Yeah. She, and then she gets like the murderous glare. And it's it's very funny. It's very good. And actually, hey, quick question to Mayor. Do you think she's visually impaired? I don't think so. It's actually, it's the cane that, it's kind of like the cane, though. Because, like, it's one of those white and red canes. Is it? I need to, hold on. I need to I look mean, at... it's shaped, like, kind of funky, but I kind of wonder. Especially since mole rats aren't really known for their eyesight. Most rodents, really. Yeah, it does look like a uh, a walking stick, and it kind of has the, like, strap that it has, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, like, a regular cane just for her to look badass. Yeah. Yeah, she could be, uh, like, slightly visually impaired. I never noticed that, but you are 100% correct. Yeah, it's just it's something I was thinking recently, because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I was like looking at her can. I was like, yeah, and like she never really gets drawn with like pupils. Right. Like, you know, everyone has like funky eyes in anime, but it's like hers are like flat. Right. She can see like. Yeah, she can definitely see, but I don't know how well. Yeah. Spoilers for later in the series. Um, We see her like looking into some genetic shit, which I, I will leave it that vague intentionally. So as not to spoil the, like, literal finale of this show. But, um, she asks Shiro to move everything. Michiru is like, you gotta arrest this dude. He kidnapped me, and he said that if I left, he was gonna kill me. And she's just like, oh, haha, look at that Shiro. That rascal. Yeah. What a guy he is. And uh, she's like, well, since since, uh, you know, you you look like a beast, man. No one can tell you're human. Why don't you just help me with this investigation? I guess. Keep in mind, like, as of this episode, Michiru is still like 17. So Mayor Rose is like, hey, we're about to investigate a series of bombs. You 17 year old who is like human and dangerous, you should come with. Nothing bad can come of this. Sounds legit. Yeah. I mean, what is the working age in Japan? And I mean, really, this is like an autonomous zone. So we don't really know what all the laws are there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible that the like <laughs> the laws are completely fucked there. And she's like, you could just child labor can be legal in the this place which would suck and is bad but would kind of fit honestly uh yeah we'll see it with episode five yeah. um 
unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, so Michiru agrees to help them. Uh, their, their current goal is to track down all the bombs. Uh, Shiro, of course, sniffs one piece from an explosion and tracks down, like, ten bombs with a single sniff. He's like, I've got it. Hero, he, like, calls the police station and is like, I know where all the bombs are, and... They're all, like, dispatched to go out to them, and then he's leaving, and he's like, Michiru, I need you to go to the hospital. And she's like, oh, is there a bomb there? And he's like, no, but go anyways. <laughs> like, you want to help so bad, sure, but please be out of my way. Mm-hmm. And so she goes over to the hospital. Michiru is, like, sneaking in behind a truck or to the side of a truck, and she sees that... There are a bunch of thugs uh, sneaking in a bomb um, hmm? with some oh, no, scientists. They're just, they're just buying, like, I think, like, the thing is, like, they've been buying, like, medical supplies, like, under the table from one of the, uh, like, higher-up scientists that work there. Well, he also says, they also say, like, oh, yeah, Shiro won't be here. He's busy tracking down all the other bombs, and this is the last one. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't so, see that part. Yeah, because they have the... I mean, spo- spoiler alert for, like, five minutes from now, the the hospital gets exploded. Um, Boom. But Michiru... Michiru uh, is, like, listening in on their conversation, and her ears turn into bunny ears, which we saw when she was in the cabinet, or the, the cabinet, the closet earlier, and her ears are, like, sticking out, so all of the gangsters are like, oh, well, this, there's somebody listening, and so she bolts off, and... Uh, one of the scientists recognizes her. Wonder what that's about. Couldn't be important, haha. No, not at all. Uh, Michiru, like, runs away and, uh, tries to call Shiro to, like, let him know what's up. And uh, I think you, you said it best as we were watching yeah. this. He's, he's an old man. He never has his phone on him. Like, he's yeah. out the... Like, I mean, to be fair, he's defusing a bomb. Like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. You don't want your phone on you for that. I get that. But she's supposed to be calling you if they find anything. Yeah, you gotta Someone have... should have the phone. There's gotta be some, like, I don't know, cop intern you could hand your phone to and be like, hey, if if you see Michiru on the caller ID, you gotta pick this up, bro. It's important. That means another one's about to explode somewhere. But yeah. no, he's like... So yeah, we also forgot to mention that she got her phone from uh, Mayor Rose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she got a phone from Mayor Rose. But yeah, the two scientists uh, recognize Michiru. You know, because of course they do, because of course a giant pharmaceutical company is involved in whatever happened to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. You know. So Shiro swoops in to save Michiru after she gets backed into a corner. Because apparently he can't get his phone, but he can listen to a bird. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't He doesn't use Twitter. He only uses Kudo, which is the Very better choice. Yeah. Yeah. The better bird. Yeah, it's true. Uh, why use Bird app when you could just use Bird? 
this being said, uh, follow me on your nearest carrier pigeon. <laughs> oh. And also follow us on our show Twitter. We never remember to mention. Oh, yeah, we do have one of those. We should plug that at the end of the episode. Whoops. Yeah. Um, Whoops. But yeah, he saves in, saves Michiru. And they start heading to the hospital because uh, Michi- the, the bomb went off. And uh, Shiro is extremely panicked that he couldn't use his super good boy smell to... Uh, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have to learn. I have to live with that mistake now. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, I am at the mercy of your editing now. <laughs> but yeah, so he he runs over there and is like, well, I couldn't smell this one. This is really bad. He's like, meet you. You need to leave. And she's like, um, you said you'd protect all the beastmen. So if I just say I'm a beastman, you got to protect me, bro. I'm coming with. Yeah, because it's it's like kind of like the beginning of her accepting herself. Yeah, like and, it's like at least the spark of it. Mm-hmm. And it's cute. It's it's yeah. cute. Um, I I mentioned it before, but this show really does feel like it's a uh like a queer. It it feels very queer to me, and uh, specifically just like everything with Michiru and I don't just mean because she has a girlfriend but yeah Shido meets with uh one of the scientists who recognized Michiru his name is Yaba and he he starts using his super scent and Yaba's like you guys better figure out who did this or you're gonna be in big trouble and uh he walks off and Shido sniffs around and he just comes to like a glaring realization. And then we cut over to Yaba and uh, the other scientist we will learn is named Mimura. And they are both calling a man named Alan Silvasta, which uh, shout outs to anyone else who's played Persona 5 you'll know that he immediately that he's a fucked up guy. Um, also, he just looks like an evil white guy. So he really does. He just he just looks like that. I can't just say it's up. yeah. And I can't say it's like good character design because it's his, his character design is very generic. But mm-hmm. I mean, like, at least they do get the point across, you know, so you can't yeah. be mad about that, I guess. Straightforward. Yeah. But they discuss, they're kind of just being vague and discussing, like, oh, you need to make sure that you wiped everything. Or, like, did you make sure everything was backed up before you fucking blew it up? And Yaba's like, yeah, we sure did. So it's clear that they're trying to cover for some sort of mistake here. Uh, wonder what that could be. Yeah, wonder. And, uh, Cheeto waltzes in. And accuses Yaba of being the bomber. Because it's like the opposite of when you chop up like garlic and onions and your hands just smell like that. It's like the opposite. Because his hands don't smell at all. Oh, so you must have used the scent chemical. Right, right. Yeah, the whole reason why like the bomb was undetectable and uh, they couldn't find out anything about uh, or like the weird discrepancy with the bombing is like 
<laughs> this is so this is like such ace attorney bullshit like no normal person would come to this conclusion but basically what happens is yaba since he's at the medical facility manufactured a chemical that erases all scent and placed it on the bomb and since he handled the bomb his hands had no scent so that's how he uh blew up the bomb and that's how he got caught because his hands had no scent it's <laughs> very stupid it's it's very like that end of a detective show when they do it put it all together really yeah come um, just some insight into when we're recording this. This is the weekend after uh, Stream Forever, if you tuned into that. Thank you. Um, and good good friend of the show, Riley, was uh, explaining Columbo to me at the end <laughs> of the live stream. And I'm like now realizing that exactly what they were explaining to me is what happened in this episode is just like, yep. Some dude just waltzes in and is like, here's the most absurd bullshit in the world. Also, you're the killer. And then they just like crack under the pressure and are like, you can't prove that I, that I bombed the facility. And it's like, what you, you just admitted to it, pal. I have not watched Columbo still, so I can't do an impression, but pretend I did and that it was funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, Mimura takes Michiru hostage and uh, starts strangling her with his tail. Also, okay, they they do a bad thing with Mimura again. It's not as bad as Turkey, but it yeah, it still is like close enough to the same general thing that Turkey was going for that I'm uncomfortable, you know. Yeah, I, I for a second I thought we were talking about the chameleon thing, but yes, yeah, I am because like I don't know. Oh no, I was talking about the color changing thing. Oh, I didn't notice that. I don't. I. I think he does blend in a little bit in this scene, but I can't remember. Right. Which, yeah, for those of you who don't know, chameleons can use their color changing for camouflage. Some of them apparently are pretty good at it, but mostly they use it for, like, communication, and I guess some of them use it for, like, thermal regulation. Which is so cool, like, using yeah. color. I will change my body heat by making myself blue. Yeah, like, make myself darker or lighter, basically. And it's like, yeah, like, they do some camouflage, but they mostly do it as, like, a communication thing. They and part. it takes them a while to change color. Right. But, actually, okay, so, if I can go off on a little tangent. Of course! So, as far as, like, Masters of Disguise, as far as that goes with animals, like, probably the first thing I think of are, like, probably octopi or cuttlefish. Mm-hmm. But, like, watching the show, I noticed there weren't, like, really any invertebrates. Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, there really aren't. Yeah, so it's like, okay, I guess I can see why you go for a chameleon if you need, like, that, want to have that little uh, power set in there. And there's, like, a certain degree to which is, like, okay, but if it's, like, a person with these abilities, they'd be able to use them differently. Mm-hmm. Though yeah. it doesn't change, like, the base speed of it, I would think, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we make some exceptions because this is fantasy. Right. But it's also like, 
uh, as far as there being no invertebrates, I kind of wonder if that isn't like related to the whole shifting thing. Cause like, how do you shift in a swing that doesn't have bones really? <laughs> you shift and lose your bones and then grow like a really heavy exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. Like I'm guess like I like, mm. Honestly, that's probably that might not be the reason they didn't do invertebrates, but it's kind of like my personal reasoning for it. That would be so painful. Yeah, more than anything, though, it'd just be uncomfortable. Like your bones just grow out of your skin and turn into your exoskeleton. But like it's is one of those things where it's like if they thought about that, it was clever. But I don't know. Right. So. But yeah, and also there's like an upper limit to how big like most invertebrates can get Mm -hmm. just because of like the amount of oxygen they're able to take in yeah uh shout outs to um galisopod which i think uh is qualifying yeah i think that's an invertebrate i don't know enough about creatures but i'm pretty sure that is but uh Yeah. yeah anyway chameleons aside yeah chameleons aside Shiro calls Yaba a coward. Uh, Yaba is the rhino in question, we should add. Yeah, Yaba's a rhino. Yeah, so he starts charging at Shiro. Uh, Shiro grabs his horns, uh, horn rather, and like lifts him up by the horn and then does the whole like, you have no pride in being a beastman, so you have no pride, you have no pride for your horn or whatever, and then just fucking crushes his horn in his hand, which is like, Kind of raw as hell, but also, like, you're stupid and your bit is bad. (laughs) You dumb, dumb man. I love you. Uh, Yeah, it's it's honestly really cheesy, but it's still really badass looking. Yeah, Shido Ogami has the same energy as that that Tumblr post that's like, he's so stupid, how can I not fuck him? Um, anyways, my love for <laughs> Shiro Ogami aside, he, yeah, he, he crushes the horn. Then we cut over to Mimura on top of the building asking for 100 million yen and a helicopter as he's standing off with police. I have here in my notes that Michiru plays her favorite Nintendo Switch game, uh, 2017 release, ARMS. And punches <laughs> and punches uh, Mimura with her with her long ass arms. Yeah, which not the smartest idea when you're dangling off a building. Yeah. I'm just gonna say. Yeah, no. Like maybe grapple him a little bit. I I would or actually really Mimura like holding her away from his body is also so stupid. It's like you're giving them a clear shot. Mm-hmm. They could have like it's it's like yes she would have dropped. But it's also, like, the second, like, you let go, they're going to shoot you, man. Right. And, like, yeah, she gets dropped. Uh, she she fucking decks Mimura and falls off the edge of the building where she was suspended. And she did not think about this at all. No. And then Shido runs out of nowhere, like, grabs her and then just, like, tumbles down the fucking building and falls on the pavement in, like, a blood splatter. And for like two seconds, Michiru's like, oh my god, oh my god, Shiro, Shiro. And then he's like, I'm fine, can you get off of me? And it's just very funny to see this man like, yeah. 
fall like multiple stories and you just be like, I'm fine. We're going to walk it off. Not even just multiple stories, like a whole skyscraper. Yeah. And then he falls and there's like a blood splatter on the pavement because you should be fucking dead. And then he's just like, my ribs kind of hurt. Can you please get up? So he gets up and tries to walk off like a tough guy. And considering he just broke his entire shit, uh, he stumbles and Michiru like catches him in what looks like it would be the most painful way possible. She like does the Heimlich to catch him. And again, he just fell off a building. So like his entire shit's destroyed. She just grabbed him and is like crunching his ribs around like a like a fucking glow stick. (laughs) (laughs) Snaps you like a glow stick. Yeah. I have several comments I will not make. Um, But uh, they all walk away. The cops are very confused as to how this man just tumbled down a building and lived. Um, I guess this is the first time he's uh, nearly died in front of them, which is also very funny. Yeah. Also, okay. Also, another quick aside. Mm -hmm. All the police are dogs, I noticed. Yeah. It's, I mean, obviously here at Weebkin Warriors. Which, funny. Yeah, yeah. Obviously here at Weebkin Warriors, we all hate, we we hate cops um, very adamantly. But it is, like, kind of funny that it's like, okay, yeah, dogs are the animals most used in police work. So they have a bunch of dog cops. Like, I get it. Yeah, but it's also, but also the other thing is, how are there dog beastmen is what I want to know. How, what do you mean? Dogs are descended from wolves, like they are selectively bred. Uh, I guess in that same way, it would be like beast men mimicking what humans did to real dogs, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, which is, yeah, because like that's, that's weird. You raised a point you know? that uh, instills fear, Fantast. <laughs> okay, it's like, did you like domesticate yourselves and then like... Did... <laughs> are there... Are there... Are there dogmen shows? I hope not. At least not in a non-consensual way. <laughs> yeah, it it just it brings up a lot of questions. I'm still stuck on you using domesticate yourself uh, because that is a long-running joke from Barpok. Yeah, but it's also I think there's also like a theory that humans domesticated themselves too. Good for us. Yeah, it's why humans suck shit and are bad compared to other apes. Humans are kind of neotenic. Yeah. Also, I'm kidding. Humans do not suck shit, um, and they aren't bad. <laughs> we just have lots of work to do. Yeah. Our scientist friends are arrested, and they claim that they were embezzling funds. Michiru is like, objection! Why would they be so hostile towards me if they were just embezzling funds? A little sus. Then she just, like, roasts the shit out of Shiro for, like, two minutes. <laughs> I didn't write down anything she said, but it happens. Yeah. I mean, he locked her in a closet. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah, she to be fair, I don't think Shiro gets bullied nearly enough in the show. <laughs> he should get bullied more. Hi. Hello. Welcome to m- this platform I will use to bully Shiro Ogami and also hopefully get more art of him because he deserves to be uh recognized by more people, specifically the furry community. 
please, I'm dying here. You gave him like three weeks of like any art and then just decided he did not exist. I feel like the town in Ranga with no fucking water. <laughs> Ranga was a good movie, though. Good, good movie. Uh, but anyways, continuing on. Uh, the mayor offers to come up with a cure for uh, Michidu, and they kind of establish here. Yeah, because that's Dr. Mayor to you. <laughs> yeah, that's Dr. Mayor Barbara Rose to you. But uh, she was apparently a, a top researcher of genetics and the best genetic researcher in the world, I think they establish. Um, not just amongst the Beastmen. Yeah, first Beastmen to get a doctorate. Yeah, um, and good for her. Like I, I love yeah. her so much. She's I love her so much. Like honestly, the first times watching the show, I was like so scared, like that she was going to turn out to be a, like a bad guy or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because I, I feel like it's not a spoiler to say that the white man that owns a big fucked up tower in a Studio Trigger anime is a villain. Um, yeah, so, I don't think that's a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, and so like. You know, in the coming episodes, they kind of established that Anima City worked very closely with Sylvasta uh, to, you know, even make Anima City happen. And I was so afraid that, like, oh, my God, is she going to be uh, is she going to be fucked up and evil? Like, I, I couldn't handle this. She's she's my friend and she's real. <laughs> um, Mayor Rose is real and she hugged me behind a 7-Eleven. Mayor Barbalea Rose is real and she's my weed dealer. <laughs> I say like I have a weed dealer. God. Um, <laughs> um but after after that scene with, with Mayor Rose, we cut over to Alan. Um, which I, I thought he was already in Anima City, but I was wrong, I guess. And he's like, uh, our research is done here. We're moving to Anima City. I want to see the Beastman Paradise for myself or like some shit like that. Some stupid edgy bullshit. Yeah. And he poses in front of like a picture of the skyline, like a God, I hate him so much. Just wait until the end of this series. Just wait until the end of the series. I'm gonna roast this man. Oh, we're gonna do more than roast him. We're gonna fucking like. We're gonna make putting him in a locker look like like that would be generous of us if we just put him in a locker. Because I'd beat I I'd fuck him up. Stupid stupid old boy. And again, he has the same English voice actor as uh, Goro Akechi Persona Five. Um. Which again, for like anyone out there who who has played those games, you get it. That guy has been typecasted in every role he's in. <laughs> but yeah, that ends off our episode. Then we get uh, episode four titled Dolphin Daydream, which is really adorable title for this yeah. episode, which is honestly a very tragic episode. Yeah. But uh, we we open up with Michiru with a leaf on her head as she is trying to turn into a human. You know, trying to get in touch with her inner Tanuki mm-hmm. so she can turn human. 
getting back into the episode from that tangent that I'm not going to reference on this episode, go support the Orange Grove's Patreon. So let's let's go to the mayor's office. Yeah, let's let's go to the mayor's office. Uh, Michiru is now a registered citizen and has health insurance and is immediately doing better than anyone else, anyone anywhere else in the world because she is she has a, a free house and she has like a phone that like is just kind of free. Yeah. So, you know, like Anima City, a paradise, truly. They establish a couple like really uh, important things in these scenes. Yeah. So they establish that uh, the the phone only works within the city for the safety of Anima City. You can only view like the the Anima City website, which it's like, why did you bother making a smartphone if it can only access one website? Like by that point, you should just give everyone a flip phone. Yeah, yeah, it's like Anima City has like its own intranet, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, just plays into some things that happen for much later in the series. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely very interesting that they have a firewall since it means not only can they not view things on the outside, but they also can't post things to the outside. Right. Which is a double edged sword, as we will see later on in the show. Yeah, but also I love Michu trying to give back her busted ass phone. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like cracked to shit and she's like, I don't want it anymore. You can have Yeah, because she threw it at a bunch of gangsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for no reason. Um, but yeah, we get a bunch of like exposition about how the beast men work. So they're like completely separate from humans entirely. Yeah, or well... It, like, the, the diagram they show, it makes it look like humans and Beesman had, like, a shared ancestor somewhere mm-hmm. back, which is interesting and plays into some theories I have that we'll have to discuss near the end of the series. Right. And also, i kind of wondering if that means, like, are they so separate, like, that they can't interbreed? Because that's kind of the feeling I get, because we never really see anyone talk about, like, humans and Beesman having kids together. They do establish here that... Uh, if a human and a beastman mate, the child will just be human. Did they? I didn't see that. I'm pretty sure. Because she uses, like, if you breed a lion and a tiger, you will either get a lion or a tiger. You will not get a liger. I mean, I thought that was more just about, like, when beastmen have kids. Really? Yeah. Okay. No, that, that, that makes explains why, like, they're still distinct species instead of, like, having a bunch of, like, different hybrids around. Right. Which, not gonna lie, cowardly approach, Trigger. It's one of those things, it's either cowardly or smart, because it explains, like, because it does explain, like, why you can see, like, distinct species everywhere. That's true. Because otherwise, there really would be, like, a lot of hybridizations and, like, a lot of, like, rabbit dogs or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we get a bunch of exposition on, like, how the Beastmen DNA works. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about this last time, but the quote-unquote disease that Michiru has is stupidly in the show referred to as, or in the dub referred to as Beast Manitis, which is dumb and bad and I hate it. <laughs> it's just called Beast Man Disease yeah, in the sucks. I will only call it Beast Man Disease because calling it Beast Manitis is stupid and they should have uh, kept it Beast Man Disease. 
and they also should uh, leave in the swearing, as I said last time. Like, they were like, well, here's the thing. You can't say fuck or shit, but we've changed, get this, the name of the beast man disease to beast man-itis. And then everyone in the studio is like, fucking, okay, I guess you're giving me a paycheck. Mayor Rose states that Michiru has unstable beast DNA and that she is still working hard on a cure. Yeah, but also, like, uh, going back to, like, the history, though, she kind of states that, like, some of, like, the early beastmen were trying to be as gods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, that definitely won't come up later. Yeah, I think one of the examples that I adore is the fact that they highlight Anubis specifically in, like, Egyptian gods. Because, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Egyptian gods were always drawn as, like, humans with animal heads within, like, hieroglyphs and stuff like that. And, like, all of the beastmen are these anthropomorphic animals. And so it's kind of like, oh, yeah, all those gods that people saw, like, those were actually beastmen. Um, which is just funny it's like me. yeah there's probably some type of feedback loop going on there like at least in this world yeah yeah so yeah we get all of that um michiru leaves and is disappointed she's like standing out in in the street and is really disappointed she can't get a phone that uh connects to the outside and marie's like hey i got you but it's gonna cost you and in like this split second decision michiru is like uh, put it on Shiro's tab. <laughs> and uh, Marie's like, Marie doesn't give a shit. Someone's in debt. Yeah. Who who, who yeah. does, who is she to care? Who it is? Um, Money, money. Yeah. We then cut over to Flip talking about how his daughter was disappointed in him for smoking cigars. So he tried vaping. The Beluga Man vapes. He does. And we never get to see it, no. though, because in this scene, he's burning a guy with a cigar. And you can't really do that. Well, you can do that with a vaporizer, but it's easier with a cigar. It has that touch, mm-hmm. you know? It's funny that he doesn't vape because, like, if you remember, there were a bunch of those in, like, uh, the start of 2020 or, like, late 2019 that were just fucking exploding. Something like yeah. that. Like, he could have just blown a dude up. Well, it doesn't have the same feeling to it, but also if you like take them apart, there is like a heating element yeah. in them and you could just turn that on and burn. So what I'm that. hearing is that they need to make vapes designed for mobsters that have like, I think it's called like a coil that pops out quickly so you can just burn a dude with it. <laughs> you re- Imagine being t- <laughs> like you're sitting there, the mob boss is in front of you and he pops open his vape after like ripping off fat cloud and then burns you on like your forehead with his vape pen <laughs> i love this mobster that we've created that doesn't exist yes. but should yes but also most but most importantly in this scene we do not get to see him blow smoke out of his blowhole oh yeah Very sad. that is disappointing he should do that yeah i'm guessing it's because he has that hat on <laughs> it should come out of the hat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Flip's talking about it, that uh, the hyena man is beat up to hell and Shido's like, I have business here. And Flip's like, all right, well, I have business and I'm finishing it. 
and the hyena man is tied up and he's tied to a stone and the stone gets thrown into the ocean. And uh, I think it's just insinuated that the hyena man gets eaten alive in the water. Uh, well, something happens down there because like, he turns into a blood cloud. Yeah. But mostly importantly, he's sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, he's sleeping with the fishes now. But uh, yeah, he he's dead. Shiro just kind of watches this happen. And then uh, Flip walks away and he's like, my business is finished. And I assume yours is too. Then we cut back to Michiru and she logs on. <laughs> She's in. <laughs> yeah. I, hacker voice. I'm in. That said, she has bad offset because like immediately she's logging into her Facebook or her Facebook account. Yeah. Which is like, you know, like really optimally when you get something that bypasses a firewall or you get in like your Tor browser or VPN, you're trying to stay under the radar. You shouldn't use accounts you already have. Mm -hmm. Also, shouldn't use Facebook. Like, honestly, in general, yeah. but especially not if you're trying to stay hidden. Yeah, honestly. But importantly for this, it does have a location function. Yeah, she notices her favorite, uh, not her favorite, but she notices a, an influencer live streaming about makeup products she's going to use uh, out in the middle of nowhere. In front of a very specific statue that she happens to also be looking mm -hmm. at. So she gets excited and starts running over. The the girl with blue hair looks over at her and Michiru gets knocked the fuck out. Yeah, so uh, honestly, uh, kind of rude because like, I mean, if you're not supposed to have outside access, this is probably a crime. And also you're kind of giving her away if you get in her shot. Yeah, exactly. So a little rude, Michi. Yep. So then she gets tied up by this, this mob guy. He's a pelican. Guy. <laughs> I freaked out over that the first time I saw it. Yeah, you were you were so ecstatic in call. Pelicans are just They're funny animals. They're really they're they are hilarious. Honestly, they're also uh, pelicans are just weird. Mm -hmm. They're fun, but they're very weird and they'll try to eat anything that they can give they think they can fit in their mouths. That sounds about right. Yeah. Though also they turn their pouch inside out to clean it. Horrifying. <laughs> Don't like that. <laughs> Wait till you hear about frogs. Yeah, yeah, I knew about frogs. I know about frogs. I'm non-binary, thank you. <laughs> we know about frogs. Yeah, we know about frogs here. <laughs> Actually, why are, there should be frogs in this show. I'm disappointed now. Yeah, there aren't any. That's disappointing. At least there are birds. There aren't normally birds in shows like this that are done well. Yeah. Like, sorry, B-Stars stands. Uh, they don't do birds well at all in that show. Because uh, there's like, what, two birds we've seen in the first season and they both kind of suck? Uh, I honestly didn't see Beastars. It's fine. You're not really missing much in my opinion. Like, it's it's cool. Don't get me wrong. But like, I don't know. I think Brand New Animal surpasses Beastars in almost every way. So anyways, uh, this mobster's asking all these questions about why she was uh, approaching the little girl. And then Michiru puts uh, two and two together and is like, oh, oh, you're the daughter of the mobster. And then she walks up and she's like, yep, that's my dad. And Michiru's like, oh, I was watching your live stream on Facebook. 
The girl jumps down. She says her name is Nina and she looks like this fucking Pokemon. Oh, right. I yeah, she does. She really does. Except she's a dolphin instead of a seal. Yeah. And what's her what's this Pokemon's name? Uh, Brion. Brion. Yes, she does look like Brion, like to a T. Um, I, I would argue you could sort of say that she looks more like a uh, pre-marina, but, you know, Brion has the vibe, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, so Nina and uh, Nina starts going over the family history for a little bit. And then we see that Nina's grandfather was a dolphin with legs, like just a straight up dolphin <laughs> with legs. Yeah, or at least that's how he morph. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know how much of that picture is artistic liberty and how much of that is just what he looked like. Right. But it's really something. It's so funny. It is. But yeah, it's stated that this is like, <laughs> I think she says that he was turned into sushi. Uh, like what uh, they said in like the sub was like he was stewed in soy sauce and eaten. That's what it was. Which honestly, there are probably recipes like that. Mm-hmm. But I hope he didn't get eaten. Yeah. Nina's very excited about Michiru having uh, been to the human world. And this this entire episode's just like the Little Mermaid. They condensed that yeah. whole movie into an into an episode. Uh, Joe, don't listen to this. That they it can be done. That movie can be shorter. What if you didn't have musical numbers? I can't keep this bit up because the Little Mermaid's good. <laughs> I can't pretend like it's not because it is. But yeah, Nina has this like little box full of uh, human things. And she's like, look at this one. It's so sad. I found it without its pair. And then it like flashes back. Uh, to Michiru and her girlfriend with AirPods and listening to Night Running. Needing Macrons. Yeah. And then we see them laughing together and eating together. And then it flashes back. And Michiru is really sad about not being human. And then she's like, I want to be a human. And then she, like, just, like, taps her fist on the glass and turns back into a human. And then she just, like, she beams and... It's just really adorable when she gets excited because she looks like, uh, I don't know, like it's obviously Trigger, but she just gets that like really cutesy art style that they do whenever they want to convey a character's excited. And I like it a lot on her. She's good. You like to see her happy. Yeah, you really do. You love to see her happy. But then Nina's like, hey, since you're a human, let's go to this fucking house party in the human world. And Michiru's like, "Uh, are you sure we should do that? And... Nina's like, I'm a dolphin. I can swim fast. And Michiru's like, fucking good enough for me, bro. Let's do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so they both dip. Flip walks into the, uh, like, I don't know. We don't get to see what it is. Is it a house? Is it a mansion? Well, it's waterfront property, whatever it right. is. Right. So. I guess that would make sense that, that it's a waterfront property. Yeah, but yeah, he has like a bunch of gifts for Nina because he's a dad guy. He is. He's like the good mob dad. And he has like the biggest smile on his face. And it's actually incredibly yeah. adorable. Yeah, his eyes are like really big and he 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 really does. He just looks so adorable. Yeah. And then he stops looking adorable because he's angry because he's missing. Yeah, because she's missing. Uh, it's a shame that this show didn't come like our coverage of this show didn't come out before stream forever because... Flip would would be a high contender in the dad bracket. Like, th- he wouldn't make Dilf status, 
But he could make dad status, you know? Like, he is one of the greats, in my opinion. Dilf status is very subjective. Yeah. Well, that's true. Dilfs are in the eye of the beholder. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, as far as dads go, he's... He's definitely over. He's definitely a little overprotective. Yeah, but he he loves his daughter, and he he he's very much this spoiled. Yeah, and I I mean I have my opinions about that spoiling the whole thing, but it's like clear that it comes from a place of genuine love and caring. Yeah, and like he's a mob guy, so of course he would be overprotective. Yeah, (laughs) right. So. We see Michiru and Nina, like, walking on the street side. We see Michiru panic when a cop comes by, and she's like, they're in on killing beastmen, and Nina's like, y- are you always like this when you're in the human world? Because they're both, they both look human right now. So she's like, bro, what are you, what are you freaking out about? And let me just say, who boy, what a relatable experience. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's fine when you can pass. Yeah, when you are not one of the people that the cops want to beat. Michiru is like, oh, yeah. So then they they go to the party. It's off the shits. It's it's a good party. And it's Beastmen themed. And everyone has a yeah, bunch of masquerade is... masks on that are animal themed. Which is like... Yeah. I, th- this is cultural appropriation, right? Like, that's, that's all this is. It's between appropriation in blackface honestly it's really uncomfortable really what does that make fursuiting in this world oh god is fursuiting the true like justin trudale level of blackface like equivalent god what what are furries like in this world oh my god oh you know those furries are like trying to get into anima city you know they're trying to oh there's Honestly, there's oh god. Oh Actually, god. maybe they wouldn't because uh there are a lot of furries that suck shit and are racist. So maybe they yeah. would just be like, I love running around as an animal person, then they'd see a beast man and be like, I'm gonna hunt you and your family to make a rug. Yeah, it's um God, I could think of so many things, but it oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> That's like a bit of world building that they don't get into. And honestly, it's something I'd really have to like sit down and write out. Yeah. But anyways. Anyway, we're at the party. Right. Yeah. And this Lisa person is definitely an influencer because I mean, how else would she afford like a space in like this very obviously fancy. It's like a fancy with yeah. like a giant aquarium in the middle and of it. And a pool in another room. Yeah. She's definitely an influencer is what I'm saying. Either that or her parents and or her parents are rich. It's probably both. Yeah. But yeah, Night Running starts playing in the background again. Uh, Michiru starts thinking about her girlfriend again. Uh, I think this is the scene where we see her girlfriend like turn into a wolf. Or oh, a wolf, uh, a fox. Maybe it's a... Well, we don't really see. We just see her turn pink and get yeah. ears. Yeah. Something canine. It's got a longer snout and uh, get whisked away in a van. I'm now realizing that might have happened earlier. <laughs> we might have just I might have missed it, but it's fine. It happened. Yeah, but anyway, one. there is a flashback where that happens and we see like right like that. The scene in after that in the flashback, Michiru's hands change when while she's like practicing. Right. Yeah. 
She was practicing basketball. And then she and... gets locked up in her room for a long time before she leaves for animacy. Which, like, okay, not to get too deep into it, I, I keep harping on, like, how this is very, at least how I read it as a very queer thing. And it's like, when I realized I was trans, I kind of just sat in my room for, uh, I could lie and say, like, days, but in reality, it was just, like, a couple of years I was just like, I need to stay in here and not leave till I can be myself. And now I am, and it's better. But yeah, Nina tries some macaroons and is like losing her shit about the macaroons and Michiru is like crying and <laughs> Nina's like, yo, have you tasted this shit? It fucking slaps. And she looks over and Michiru's like looking at the aquarium sobbing. And she's like, Damn, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> Damn, shoddy, okay. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah, Lisa walks up, Nina gets excited, jumps up in the air and morphs in front of everyone, and, like, everyone just kind of stops, and they're like, Ah, oh, well, you're so cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, at this point, like, I was, like, so surprised first time I saw this because I thought it was going to be uh, Michiru who changed back because, like, at the beginning of the episode, the mayor was talking about, like, how, oh, yeah, like, your morphs are, like, like, you're able to change shape because, like, your cells are, like, this thing and they're, like, unstable. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, so she's probably going to, like, change back. But, like, no, it was Nina. Right. She got excited. Yeah, which kind of makes sense because one of the things that they allude to... It might be later in the series, it might be uh, earlier, is that, like, you have to train yourself to turn into a human. So, like, most Beastmen start learning as kids. But also we've seen, like, Flip obviously is, uh, very, is like, very much a Beastman loyalist and doesn't really care for the humans unless he's doing business. So it would make sense that, like, Nina is not good at morphing, because it would be like, oh, yeah, he doesn't want her to know how to be human sort of deal. Yeah, it's I think he would teach her how to morph because having legs is useful. But even if his dad didn't actually get eaten, he probably still get get into some trouble with humans is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And that's probably something he has never gotten over. So he's definitely kept her like sheltered from the human world because of you that. call that generational trauma. Yep. The root of all evils next to capitalism. And they continue to feed into each other. Yeah, everyone cheers for Nina after transforming. And they're like, oh, you're so cute. And then she gets whisked away by Lisa and is put on a, a stage and everyone starts cheering. And then someone walks over and gives Michiru cat ears, which is like totally not important, but it's important to me. So I'm bringing <laughs> it up. And then they all start praising Nina about how, oh, life must be so hard for you. As any good like white liberal would with a queer yeah. or black or indigenous or any person that's not a white cishet person you're so brave we're so proud of you and it's like bro i am trying to get a hamburger at this mcdonald's can you shut the fuck up 
Yeah. <laughs> my gender identity is not for you to praise at this moment in time. Stop praising me and give me 200. If you want to speak to me, give me $200 and we can talk. $200 and you get five minutes of my time. If you were white and cishet, <laughs> we are going to have no listeners because I am aggressive. We, we see like a lot of different people at this party, mm-hmm. but in spirit, they are all white allies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so Nina's like, I don't really know if that's the case for me. And then we we cut over to Shiro just kind of vibing in his like study. And the mayor is like hitting him up on Discord and is like, Hey, yo, Shiro, you need to keep track of Michiru. Do you know where the fuck she is? She's at a human party with Flip's daughter. If he finds out about this, he's going to start a whole fucking war, you fucking moron. Take care of this, goddammit. <laughs> She's not actually that aggressive, but she is like, you gotta fucking do this before he starts like a war between all of us. It's just a lot funnier to imagine her like every time she talks to Shiro, just endlessly shitting on him. Just like you stupid fucking wolf buffoon. How dare you not fucking watch Michiru? You goddamn idiot. You acknowledged how dangerous like just going off. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, they're at a party where everyone has their phones out. So yeah, they're all streaming it to Facebook. Yeah, snitch.tv. I was going to, like, try and figure out a Jeff Bezos pun, but we can agree that Alan Silvasta is the Jeff Bezos of this universe. Like, he has to be. Given what we know about him. No, no, no. He's the, um, God, who was that other guy? Who's the guy that jacked up those prices? Oh, are you talking about the, like, uh, medical fucko that, like, jacked up insulin yes. prices? I don't yeah, know his name, but you're probably fuck. right. And we fucked that guy. Yeah, um, eat your local capitalist. Do it. Go on, don't be shy. Put him in the guillotine. Rob Jeff Bezos in Minecraft. It's funny because Discord censored you there. It cut out, so all I heard was Jeff Bezos in Minecraft. (laughs) Which is a horrible and terrifying prospect. He has enough money, he can go fuck off. Minecraft is for me, the poor person. Not for him, the rich person. He has golf courses that take up land. Dumbass. I I don't need golf. I could build a house in Minecraft, idiot. I bet you I'm better at the Hunger Games than his dumbass. <laughs> Anyways, Shido then goes and like punches Flip's car as it's driving to the docks and is basically like, hey, I'm going to go do the thing that you were about to do, but without starting a war with the humans. And Flip's like, you got until midnight. And Shiro's like, fucking okay. Nina is is like showing off for all these people and she swims up to Michiru and Michiru is like incredibly skeptical because she's smart and understands that these people will uh, stop caring about both of them after Pride Month's over. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, because yeah, it's this half whatever part of the episode is like it's kind of heartbreaking because it's like Nina's a naive child that's getting exploited yeah like Marfrey said she's very obviously being exploited you know it's like they're like oh ha, 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 I've never seen one up close yeah and they're like definitely taking pictures and toying on on older social medias for clout yeah and so like Nina gets huffy and is like you're just jealous because I'm getting all the attention slims off and Michiru like goes to the bathroom and just kind of reflects on everything and then she overhears Here's two girls that walked in and they're talking about how like, wow, beastmen are so cool. Ah, I would never live with them one though. They're scary. And it's like, uh, what? 
And so right as Michiru takes off the cat ears, she gets a call from Shiro and he's like, listen, I'm going to be at the docks soon. Bring back Nina. This is all in your hands. Uh, he doesn't explain that there's like a war with the humans that hinges on her bringing back uh, Nina. Like he does not convey the importance of this at all. He's no, he so does not. stupid. <laughs> I love this himbo wolf. He's this dumb motherfucker. It's like, pal, pal, there's a whole war that would tear apart all of Anima City and everything that's been worked for for the past 10 years. And you're just leaving it in the hands of Michiru, which like, spoiler alert, she gets it done, but you shouldn't do that. <laughs> you could say it's the first uh, step of trust he takes towards uh, her. Yeah, the first step of trust. I need you, I'm not going to tell you this, but I need you to do this one thing. And also, it's kind of, if you fail, going to start a war that is like already a, a very hot political topic. In his head, though, he's probably like, oh, even if she doesn't do it, I can do it myself. Because he's like that. He's an ass. But yeah, all right, so... The human, the all all the humans have put Nina in a in the aquarium tube, and they're like, she looked tired, so we thought we'd put her in some salt water. And uh, you mentioned that like she's a dolphin, she still needs air. She's a mammal. Yeah, like so. Not only are these people racist, they're also stupid. That excuse is bad, and you're just also proving you're more racist. Just so. Yeah, so uh, I have here in my notes, and I had to ask Jory about this. We get to see Michiru is trying to break down the glass, and so Michiru goes, Furry Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan, which is a fucking mouthful, but she just gets the crazy blue hair and extre gets extremely powerful like the funny Goku man, and breaks the glass and rescues Nina. And they both flee to the boat. And honestly, that aquarium is going to be so expensive to replace. Good, fuck them. And also just clean up all that water. But yeah, also good. Poor fish, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope the glass fucking shredded some of those people. Like, just fucking good. All those fucking... I hope, I hope Lisa got fucked up from the aquarium being broken. But they both go back on the boat. Shido starts talking to Michiru and he's like, I don't care if like you leave, but like, why did you fucking come back? And she's like, well, I realized I'm not really welcomed here anymore and I should stay at the place where I am welcomed and where I'm happy, which is like a good bit of character development for her. Like she she started yeah. out really hating this place and she's like, you know, I still want to be a human, but for the time being, I can be in Anima City where I'm welcomed. Yeah. And did she say in like, I don't know, maybe it's just myself, but she was like, like she wants to stay in Anima City so she can learn. Yeah, more. that too. And yeah, it's just, it's just, it's nice. Yeah, Shiro and Michiru start to bicker because she put a tab under his name. And yeah, this is where Michiru you do says like oh come on it's my birthday you should let me have this like it's a birthday present i'm a little birthday girl a little birthday girl come on. come on you wouldn't you wouldn't charge a birthday girl on her birthday <laughs> but then she gets back she climbs into bed and she starts looking at i think what's supposed to be an instagram clone because this isn't face look she's looking at a post that her parents made for her that says happy birthday and there's a cake made and she goes to like it hovers over the like button and turns off her phone and the episode ends there but also at the end of this episode we see alan on his private jet probably burning a bunch of fuel asshole and he's looking at a video of Michiru and Shiro. 
Oh, right. And he's like, interesting, that one cannot die, and she has weird fucked up powers. Yeah, Big Pharma knows your location, Uh (laughs) uh-oh. What if you wanted to hide from the people that made a medical mistake that turned you into a furry, but uh, the white man on his private jet said, hmm, why do you have an immortal friend? I've been up since, well, I haven't been up that long, but I went to bed at like 2 a.m. yesterday, so. The jokes are, there's no more jokes. Go home. The episode's over. Fantastic. Where can we find you on the internet? (laughs) You can find me on the bad bird site at ab274 fantastic and you can find me the good bird on the bad site at corvid underscore lenore that's corvid like the bird lenore like nevermore and you can find both of us at weekend pod we always forget that we have a show twitter but we have one and you can follow it you should follow it please absolutely follow it. please do have a good week and stay safe